Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 87 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, the Sidney Crosby edition, because there were no Montreal Canadiens to wear the number 87, and who else do you think about when you see number 87? Um, but I'm pleased to be joined in studio by uh, Mr. Rick Stevens. I guess the Evgeny Malkin to my Sidney Crosby, or the vice versa, <laughs> Sidney Crosby to my Evgeny Malkin, one way or the other. We're both, we're both I think, we're, we're both flattered in that comparison. <laughs> and listen, there's, there's a lot of our listeners that, um, you know, they're, that, that criticize Sidney, Sidney Crosby, and, and, um, and rightly so to some extent. When he puts on that Team Canada jersey, um, everybody kind of changes their tune, I would yeah. say. So, um, and given that he's going to be um, uh, the opponent in the upcoming qualifying round, uh, yeah. really apt uh, choice there for uh, the 87th episode <laughs> of Canadians Connection. And we have a few more tie-ins that we're going to be getting to a little bit later on in the show, one of them coming up in just a few moments. But, yeah, you don't think of anyone else when you see number 87. It is Sidney Crosby. That is his number. And, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, whenever it is, it comes around that Sidney Crosby gets to represent Team Canada. You just feel a little bit better about your chances, knowing that you got Sid on your side. So uh, definitely, uh, that is that is the guy you think about when you see number 87. Uh, but Rick, we do have a lot to get to on today's episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, uh, perhaps just a little bit lighter than last week, where we were diving into Gary Bettman's uh, convoluted explanation of the uh, play in and, and all the sorts of things that would be going on in the 24 team format, but we still do have quite a lot to get to here today. So it is still a jam packed show. Um, so I suggest we'll, uh, we, we dive right in uh, with, with something uh, that's going to be of, of uh, very much a, a point of interest going forward. We don't, as we've talked about in the last number of weeks, we don't know when the NHL draft it's all very much up in the air at this point, but we've been starting to talk about Marco Rossi in the last number of weeks. He won CHL's top scorer, OHL's most outstanding player. This week, uh, Alexis Lafreniere was named the CHL's top prospect of the year. He had 112 points in 52 games played, played for Ramuski of the QMJHL, former team of Sidney Crosby. So there's, there's tie in number one, <laughs> but Rick, this, uh, should not really come as a huge surprise. Obviously there's uh, a lot of talent in the CHL and this is expected to be a pretty deep draft, but Alexis Lafreniere for a while now has been looked at as the sort of crown jewel of the 2020 NHL entry draft. Um, so not overly surprising here. And no, not a surprise at all. And, uh, and, and uh, deserve, deservedly so. I mean, he's the consensus yeah. number one pick. Any, any of the agencies, the scouting agencies that you go to, he is the, the consensus number one pick for the 2020 draft. 
Um, he was the QMJHL uh, representative for the CHL awards. And as we mentioned last week, uh, the CHL are rolling out all of their major a period of uh, about two weeks. Um, and for each award, there is a uh, WHA, a WHL um, representative. In this case, it was uh, Caden Gooley from the Prince Albert Raiders. The OHL was Clinton Byfield, who is coming in um, for most of the, not all, but for for most of the rating agencies coming in as the number two uh, overall um, prospect. Uh, Quentin Byfield from the Sudbury Wolves and uh, then uh, Alexis uh, Laffner from the Q. Um, if you want more information about any of those players or all of the awards, you want to head to AHL.report. Uh, there's a, a great series uh, by our our um, newly appointed uh, team member, and that's uh, Mike Rashel. And he's doing a great job uh, putting out all the awards. Yeah. And um, yeah, that, that, there's uh, there's coach of the year, rookie of the year, uh, top scorer of the year, uh, and uh, it will continue right uh, right through uh, to the end of next week. So uh, go to AHL.report and and um, and prepare for the coming uh, draft. Uh, that uh, should be happening um, uh, at some point. <laughs> at some point. Uh, undetermined <laughs> yet. It will be happening. Uh, the NHL draft will be happening. We don't know exactly when, but yes, you will want to know these things. And Mike is doing a fantastic job turning out this content at AHL.report. So go and check it out. It's definitely worth your time. Um, so Rick, with, with that said, we touched a little bit on the NHL draft. We've been talking about the uh, the play-in that is going to be looking like it's going to be in Montreal's future against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And everyone is sort of putting their hopes and dreams on the shoulders of Carey Price in Montreal Canadiens land, the fans. Um, so we got a little bit of a status update on Carey Price from Stefan Waite this week. And uh, I don't think it's, it's going to be anything surprising to hear what his goalie coach had to say about the franchise goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens. When he was asked, uh, Stefan Waite said that he had uh, just spoken to uh, Carey Price in the last couple of days, um, and he flatly, bluntly said, uh, Carey is ready. Um, that uh, he uh, trains every morning, um, he has access, and he's had access uh, during the uh, pandemic uh, to a very good gym. Uh, he's, uh, Stefan Waite mentioned Carey's mentally rested, um, and physically uh, rested too, and uh, his uh, focus is on um, on this qualifying round and getting to the playoffs. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, then then Stefan Wait went on to speak uh, more broadly, and he said, um, "There's a lot here we can't control. We don't know when when we're going to return. Um, you know, we don't know." Um, all of the circumstances, but the one thing that I can guarantee is my goalies will be ready. Um, so I, I thought that was a, a, a confident statement by uh, the yeah. Canadian's goaltender coach. Absolutely. And one that you want to hear specifically about Carey Price, if you are a Montreal Canadiens fan and you would like to see them play uh, in the playoffs, not the qualifying round, but the actual 16 team playoffs. Uh, that's, that's a, a very nice, thing to hear if you're a fan of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, perhaps another nice thing to hear if you're a fan of the Montreal Canadiens, and this is something that we have spoken about 
in, you know, in sort of different ways. We haven't really talked about it directly, but there's been this desire for the Montreal Canadiens to have a president of hockey operations, someone to oversee Mark Bergevin, someone as a bit of an in-between between Bergevin and Jeff Molson, and that perhaps Jeff Molson could focus on the business side, not necessarily the hockey operations department. Uh, we got a little bit of something this week about the potential of the Montreal Canadiens, uh, adding a familiar face to the organization and potentially being named president of hockey operations, a former captain, Vincent Damfus. Um So Rick, when you hear that, and, and we have talked about this uh, a few times about the desire for the Montreal Canadiens to have a president to oversee the hockey operations department, uh, is Damfus a guy that you would think could do a good job at that? Well, I think we've, we've talked about it and, and said how important it would be for the Canadians to have a position like that, the president of hockey yeah. operations and, and a hockey guy in that role, uh, rather than uh, Jeff Molson, who likes to um, uh, play co-GM on TV and, and, um, <laughs> and let Jeff Molson do what he's, what he's best at. And, and so um, that's, that's, that's interesting to hear. Now, we should say that that the source of of this uh, throwing out the name of Vincent Dampfus, uh came from uh, Journal de Montréal columnist um, Rajon Tremblay, which, I mean, a bit of t- take it with a grain of salt, I would just say. <laughs> um, yeah. But he he kind of uh, explained that uh, with this group CH and and we talked about at at the beginning of this calendar year, we talked about group CH restructuring and, um, and certain people like Paul Wilson taking a much bigger role, getting much more powerful in the organization. Um, and, and Rajon Tremblay explained that this necessitates um, Jeff Molson uh, taking a step back with his role with the team, because all these other entities are growing and, um, and, and give the, the leadership, the controls of the hockey side to, to someone who's more experienced. Um, The interesting part of this for me is that um, when this, this, when this uh, whole restructuring plan was uh, formulated and we're told that that happened about a year ago in the restructuring plan, there was identified a position of, of uh, president of hockey operations that was not Jeff Molson. And at the time, and this is, a, again, according to um, uh, Rajon Tremblay, so take it for what it's worth, uh, <laughs> he said that it was Mark Bergevin that shut it down immediately. Mark Bergevin mm-hmm. didn't have any part of it. He, Mark Bergevin argued that this would destabilize uh, the hockey staff, would destabilize the coach, um, and he didn't like the fact that there would be this intermediary between him and the the ultimate boss. Um, so now apparently this is being revisited and Rajon Tremblay speculated that um, this could be in the fall or, or uh, prior to next season. As far as uh, your question, your direct question, um, uh, Vincent Tamfus, I, I'm struggling here. <laughs> I, I like, I liked <laughs> him as a player um, yeah. He captained the last Stanley Cup uh, for the the Montreal Canadiens, um, but other than his 
birthplace. What qualifications does he have? Um, Show me where he's successfully managed a huge billion dollar, uh, you know, um, organization. Uh, The Canadians are worth $1.34 billion. Um, And I don't see like once Damfus left the ice, um, he went in, to broadcasting he's been a commentator for rds um so and and yes he he's made investments there's there's some yeah scandinavian day spas or something and and <laughs> he's he's a business he's made investments but yeah. as far as managing or controlling or having that kind of expert i i just don't see it and uh, i will add i i read the tbr sort of uh article about this too where they touched on Tremblay's piece and they did mention as well Stefan Cantel which he has been a little bit more involved in the hockey a little, world. yeah, a little bit more so there would be more justification in that way uh, whether yeah. or not you'd want him to be diving in as the president of hockey operations for the Montreal Canadiens that might be another question but it's, it's a question that I think if, if the Montreal Canadiens and as you said we'll take this with a grain of salt take it for what it is it is a report that if they are looking at having a president of hockey operations, that is overall a good thing. And the fact that it makes Mark Bergevin just a little bit uncomfortable probably tells you all that you need to know about the situation <laughs> right now for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, but but moving, moving on, because, uh, of course, uh, we've been touching on the impact of coronavi- the coronavirus and COVID-19 over the past number of weeks. Um, and, and we got some really, uh, really cool news this week. The Canadians have joined the All In Challenge uh, to fight insecurity, a uh, food insecurity, um, and the highest bidder uh, in this challenge will get to have a uh, a meal with Jeff Molson and check out a Habs game behind the Montreal Canadiens bench, get a signed jersey, all sorts of really, really cool things. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great cause and uh, great to see the Montreal Canadiens involved in that. Now this is is uh, under the the umbrella of the All In Challenge, and yeah, uh, Amy Johnson and I spoke about this about a month ago, I guess, uh, on from the press box, and it's 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 really cool. It's run by uh, fanatics, um, the, uh, the 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 gear the the sports gear yeah. uh, company, um, and and it it doesn't necessarily relate to sports. There's all kinds of really cool experiences that you can bid yeah. on. Uh, the earlier one that the Canadians were involved with uh, involved Ty and Max Domi and and sitting with uh, Ty Domi yes. through a game yeah. and meeting Max <laughs> afterwards. Um, I, I guess my disappointment uh, in this <laughs> is how the Cana- Canadians got involved. And this is, um, as you said, dinner and a Canadian's game sitting in the owner's box. Um, and the starting bid was $7,500. Now, yeah. even, even pre-pandemic, um, that kind of limits the scope, right? Uh, wouldn't you say? <laughs> um, yeah. The current bid, I don't have $7,500 to, to bid on this. The current no. <laughs> bid is $21,000. Um, and there's, uh, seven, uh, there's seven hours left. Uh, so if you, if you have a spare $22,000 and want to (laughs) get in on this, um, and there's been eight bids. Now we don't know if, if that's, uh, you know, all from the same person or eight different people, but the maximum participation in this, um, 
experience is eight people. If, if each uh, bid came from a different person, which I doubt that. Um, yeah. So there's other things on this website um, and, and go to all in challenge and, and look at the different items. Um, Absolutely. There's other, there's, there's, uh, and, and I should say it's great. Uh, they've raised $56 million, um, which is, is, and it goes to food banks and, and yeah. uh, really uh, worthy charities. Um, but the, many of the other items you can bid on uh, in, it's more of a sweepstakes format. You can bid on for $10. Um, yeah. Like, like listen to, listen to this one. Seasons tickets in the first 10 rows to your favorite team for five years, wow. five years, seasons tickets for your favorite team and a hundred thousand dollar fanatics gift card. Goodness. Now, I don't, <laughs> I don't see myself spending a hundred thousand dollars at fanatics, but, but I don't yeah. know how you do that, <laughs> um, but that's beside the point. But for $10, a $10, um, bid gets you 10 entries. Now you can, you can, yeah. um, you can have 200 entries for a hundred dollars, but the point is that, that it allows more people to get involved. And I really wish, uh, Jeff Molson, when he was putting this together, who didn't, didn't, you know, lean to his yeah. elitist side and, and make it so exclusive. So it's hard for people to get involved. Having said that, I'm happy that, that the Canadians are involved. The, uh, but, yeah. But, but, yeah. Visit. There's all kinds of fascinating, fascinating kind of experiences. Um, you know, yeah. if, if you're a Seahawks fan, you, there's a weekend experience with head coach Pete Carroll. I, they couldn't pay me enough to do that, but uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, in, in the end, it is going to a worthy cause, but you are right in saying that it is a very, um, it's a high number to start with uh, for that experience, which, you know, um, you know, dinner with Jeff Molson, seeing a game with Jeff Molson in the owner's box, uh, you know, that, that and, and ultimately he said you could meet some players as well, but yeah, it is, is quite a, a pretty penny to, to just do that. But as, a, as we said, it's going to a very uh, worthy cause. Um, so Rick, we, we did touched on this last week and the past few weeks, we've been talking about the return to play. We did get some more details out of this week. We did. Um, because there was some things left, um, up for discussion (laughs) between the return to play committee and, and, uh, uh, the NHL, the NHL through Gary Bettman had, uh, made their uh, position known and um, and we knew that the the um, players had a kind of a different position um, but um, it uh, I, I think in in from what I've heard the players prevailed for the most part um, the things that we now yeah. know is that uh, that qualifying round that playoff play in round not part of the playoffs is a best three of five all the rest of the rounds, uh, those are the playoff rounds, like traditional playoffs, will be a best uh, five of seven. Um, th- and there's some details about who will be the home team and, and so on. Uh, the other thing that we know is that uh, the NHL was pushing for bracketing. Um, the players were pushing for reseeding. They saw it as, as uh, and that's, you know, the best team gets the worst opponent. Uh, they saw yeah. that as uh, more equitable and, and uh, having more integrity. Um, and so the, the players 
prevailed on that. Um, and the other thing that we heard about was uh, reopening. Um, and um, this is the phase two voluntary reopening that's going to start next week. And it's really going to depend on the team. Um, uh, the uh, John Shannon tweeted uh, yesterday, uh, the Oilers and the Leafs um, will have ice available for the players as of Monday um, if they want. Canucks and Canadians won't. Uh, and that's because, with respect to the Canadians, uh, they only have two players in town, and there's no ice in Broussard. They're doing renovations in Broussard right now. Um, yeah. They say that they can have ice in, in 72 hours, uh, but that's only if players return to Montreal and, and, and there's a demand. And right now we know that there's, there's just two players, two of the Canadians players um, in Montreal. So uh, this voluntary stage is, is, um, is going to be interesting to watch to see how it plays out. Um, And phase three, um, Gary Bettman had said that wouldn't be before July 10th, but I've heard rumblings this week that that might not happen until the beginning of August. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that all turns out. And the other thing that we have to look forward to in about two weeks time is there should be um, another announcement uh, from the Canadian government on the border uh, that coming on June 21st or thereabouts. Uh, and that's going to have a, a big impact on that is uh, for those crossing the border have to quarantine for 14 days and the border being closed. Uh, we'll see if yeah. that's uh, extended or not. Yeah. And, but yeah, I think it was Gary Bettman last week or we discussed that if the players pushed hard enough, they could get reseeding. So they evidently pushed hard enough and they got what they wanted <laughs> uh, over the bracket. But yeah, uh, these details still being very much ironed out as we continue on in the pandemic world. And with that said, unfortunately, this week we found out that a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins tested positive for the coronavirus. And uh, this would be the first positive test in some time we remember back to uh, near near the beginning of this uh, the end of march there was a small cluster of the ottawa senators one on the colorado avalanche but since then we haven't really heard anything like this so just to keep in mind as we move forward with the resumption of play that something like this happening it is very much in the cards it is and and we heard uh, bill daly say that one positive case is not going to derail the process but as we asked the question last week, how many, how, how many yeah. does it take to how derail many? the process? And uh, this is of particular interest given that in whatever period of time, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be the opponent of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, for absolutely. It is uh, very much something to keep an eye on moving forward. And as you, you asked an appropriate question is how much is going to be too much to the point where is that even going to be, is that going to happen? Who knows? It's, it's very much up in the air at this point. Um, But Rick, uh, we've been looking at for context of where the NHL is. We've been looking at other professional sports, um, particularly the NBA and the MLB is, is they're sort of uh, in, in the same sort of position as the NHL where they have seasons that they would like to get, uh, resumed in the case of the NBA and started in the case of the MLB. 
Uh, though, as we discussed last week, the labor disputes stalling the MLB just a little bit. But this week, we did get some news about the resumption of play of the NBA. And uh, they have got a pretty interesting format set up. And as we've discussed on a, a previous episode, it is expected that they will be in Orlando. They will have the one city, and this has been approved by the uh, the Board of Governors and the Players Association for the NBA. They will be in Orlando at the uh, Walt Disney World Resort, uh, the ESPN um, uh, World of Sports Resort. So they will have a, a hub in that. And uh, they have decided to go with this plan of having 13 Western Conference teams and nine Eastern Conference teams because the Western Conference was a little bit more open at the bottom in terms of who could be a viable playoff team with the games left. Then the East, the East was more or less settled at that point at the, at the pausing of the season. Um, so those 22 teams will be heading to Orlando. Uh, they will play eight regular season seeding games and a possible play in tournament for the eighth seed and the playoffs at the Walt Disney world resort. Uh, the top 16 teams in the Eastern and Western conferences will be joined by teams currently within six games of eight place in the two conferences. Um, so, yeah, as I said, just a little bit more wide open at the time that the season was paused. So they, they, uh, the Western Conference does get the 13 as opposed to the Eastern Conference's nine uh, teams. But it's uh, very much, uh, as I said, the NBA Players Association uh, approved of this plan and also they were informed that there's going to be a plan to keep 1,600 people in the Orlando bubble at any given time. Um, so player families will be allowed to arrive after the first round of the playoffs, uh, likely three members at a time. So this is very much to just put it into context of where the NHL is and the, N- the NBA just by comparison there. So, I mean, you're looking at two less teams, and it, it seems like it will be even though they will need to figure out which eight teams will be in the playoffs in both the West and the Eastern Conference, it's going to be a little bit more traditional um, than what the NHL's resumption of play plan is. So um, it's been very interesting, though, to see this sort of unfold and see the plans, uh, particularly for, as I said, having the 13 Western Conference team as opposed to nine in the East. That's really interesting to me. Yeah, this play for eight thing is going to be interesting to watch. But we yeah. we know that that we're not only it's not only us that's watching uh, the fans and media and whatnot. We know that the leagues are watching each other and learning from yeah. each other. Uh, so that's why we we think that it's uh, important week to week to share uh, developments uh, with the other major sports leagues. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting going forward. And they said that. July 31st, they're looking at as being the a date for that to start. So, um, yeah, the sports world is is trying to resume um, in a in a fashion that is safe and prudent. So it, it'll be great to see if that does happen. And as we said, unfortunately, you have to keep in mind with like the Pittsburgh Penguins that there there could be positive tests. And how many does it take to uh, to really? Um, put those plans on hold is is the question. But uh, for now, we will just uh, take a quick break. Uh, But Rick, when we get back, we do have a lot to talk about this week in terms of the media, which um, is is good in some ways and and in other ways a little bit unfortunate. But uh, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to touch on the media. So stay with us here on Rocket Sports Radio, the Canadians Connection podcast. 
Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. That. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, Are you going to share what we were talking about? Yeah, yeah, for sure we will. But uh, we were discussing, obviously, we were discussing uh, seeing a Canadians game with uh, with Jeff Molson this week. There's there's also another sort of contest as well, which we thought was was pretty interesting. It is, um, yeah. and it's it's an opportunity. Um, and I, to be honest, I don't know how to work how it works exactly, but it's an opportunity yeah. to be m- married at the Bell Center um, with uh, Deanne Bebo on on the organ, uh, Michelle Lacroix, um, and uh, <laughs> it sounds like a fascinating uh, opportunity for for uh, True Habs fans. Actually, one of our team members uh, during yeah. the pandemic um, got married out. Uh, out in Alberta. Um, and then another team member got married two weeks ago uh, in an outdoor wedding. So marriage is, is the thing. Now I wonder if yep. they uh, would have changed their plans had they known they could got married at the bell center. I, I think, I think they probably would have just because, I mean, if you are going to be getting married, you want Diane Bebo and Michelle Lacroix to be there. I just think that's just <laughs> a general sure. thing that even for even not even Habs fans, I think just, just every everybody wants that to be the thing because, I mean, I could I could work out as I listen to Diane Bebo play the organ. That's just how it works. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is a very cool. Uh, yeah, I saw that on Twitter this week, and and I'm like you, I forget what exactly it was. Uh, I don't know if it's just just a random contest or what, but it is a very cool thing that the Montreal Canadiens are are doing, and 
uh, two people that, yeah, as I said, I think anyone would love to have involved in their wedding in any way, shape or form. So, uh, <laughs> but Rick, uh, this is going to be a, an interesting big topic. We don't often sort of discuss things, but I mean, we have in recent weeks uh, with respect to group CH, you uh, remember last week we discussed this, they requested financial support from the Quebec government. Um, and this week, uh, unfortunately, there were some rather significant layoffs after that request um, and, and a familiar name that will be uh, assuming more and more control. And we already addressed who that gentleman is uh, in the previous segment. <laughs> uh, indeed. Um, it, it's, it, we used the word curious last week, and, and I think yeah. it certainly applies to this uh, story. That is that Group CH has, has applied for funding. And, and the other curious part of this, uh, and it relates to the media, and we're talking about the, the media here, is the lack of stories on this, which, which you'd think would be a, a big story. Um, and uh, one of our listeners, Brad Zuckerman, um, uh, BradZ61 on Twitter, he sent a tweet, uh, included us, tagged us, but sent it to uh, Ryan Rashog from TSN and Arash Madani. Um, and, and I'll read his tweet. He says, I wonder why there's hardly been any reporting about Group CH requesting Quebec government for support as reported on the Habs Connection podcast last Saturday. If this is true, not a good look on the franchise valued at over a billion dollars. And uh, we're, not, we're not intending to cast any shade here, but why yeah. is the, me- the media uh, so silent on this? And there has been... Um, a story in, in La Presse, and let's give credit where credit's due to Vincent Brasso uh, Puglia, um, in La Presse saying um, not only that Group CH had requested uh, financial assistance from the uh, uh, government of Quebec, but, it's, but three of its subsidiaries, and we talked last week about um, you know, Avenco and, and uh, Spectre and, and uh, and the festivals that they own, Oceaga and Ile Sonique and, and those, um, the Montreal Jazz Festival, uh, had all applied. And, and, and they applied through different programs. Um, the Quebec government, um, let's talk about the festivals for a minute, um, because they, 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 the festivals uh, attract tourists, um, they get money, tourism money from uh, the Quebec government, and, and usually about a million dollars um, that is the, the, uh, jazz festival gets about a million and, and, and so on. And those festivals have said, listen, our, our festivals are canceled, but we still need the money. <laughs> so can we have that tourism <laughs> money? Uh, and they have said yes. Um, so I, I just, uh, we're wondering why the Canadians haven't been more upfront about this because they've, they've, um, haven't been willing to talk about it uh, when they, when uh, media, when this particular journalist has inquired uh, and why other media have uh, just stayed really clear of this whole situation. There's another complicating fact. And again, I don't know why all the mystery and, and why none of this was reported. Um, Aventco. Uh, we remember Aventco as the, uh, the subsidiary of Group CH that puts on all the concerts in the Bell Center and and yeah. and elsewhere, uh, and that was start. We we have George Gillette to to thank for that uh, brilliant um, uh, building that in, and it, it, it Avenco has grown under under uh, Molson's leadership and and so on. 
but um, I didn't realize until I d- did some some checking that um, Avenco was half of their shares, 49% to be precise, half of their shares were purchased um, at the end of December. At least the, the announcement came out at the end of December um, by Live Nation. Who's Live Nation? Live Nation <laughs> is one of the biggest entertainment companies in the world. They, they're the guys that own Ticketmaster. Um, uh, and how many millions, how many hundreds of millions, how, how, what's, we don't know because, because none of this has been released. So when the group CH goes to, uh, the Quebec government and says, you know, pandemic, this has really hurt us. We're not getting any revenue. There's been no concert. Our events are canceled. Our game, our hockey games are canceled. Have they, provided the information that they got a huge influx of revenue from Live Nation in going into the strategic partnership in, and, and Live Nation buying up all the shares. Is that been calculated in the pie here? Um, uh, you know, and, and these programs are, are intended, these government programs are intended to keep people employed, um, as, yeah. as I understand them. Um, and in the same breath, while they're applying for government uh, aid, they announce uh, significant layoffs to the organization. And that just seems a little bit odd to me. Yeah. And, and we're going to talk, talk about this a little bit later, too, with The Athletic. It's just it's, it's unfortunate during, yeah, obviously, the, the pandemic um, to see people lose their jobs, that financial stability uh, during during these really uncertain times. So, um, yeah. And, and as, as we, we talked about Paul Wilson, he's going to be having more responsibility now with, with the layoffs at Group CH. For sure. So um, that's, that's something we remember to that. Yeah, Paul Wilson was brought in uh, from the outside as as uh, and and kind of heading up uh, the overall um, group CH communications. Uh, but we know that under the restructuring, uh, much of that came under his umbrella. Now that all of the the subsidiaries like the Canadians, so he uh, quickly became um, much more involved, and we saw prior to the pandemic at the end of the season, it was Paul Wilson when he didn't like something that a media member said, he jumped all over them on Twitter. Uh, He was ruthless. And, and we talked about on this program, pretty inappropriate. Um, uh, When, when, I mean, uh, media were just asking simple questions and gee, I wonder if that's why the media aren't uh, asking questions about um, the th- this government uh, request, the request for financial yep. assistance, um, worried about how Paul Wilson's going to react. Now, um, the Canadians had their own communications people um, uh, at the head of that, at the leadership of that was um, uh, Dominic Seon and uh, Francois Marchand. Uh, Seon had been there for 24 years, and remember he. It's not that long ago that Donald Beauchamp, another uh, had been another guy who'd been there for years and years and years, was uh, dismissed. Um, so now um, Dominic Seon, uh, Francois Marchand, I should say that some of the the layoffs the Group CH allowed uh, 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 mentioned were temporary and some permanent. Seon, Marchand, permanent. 
um, mm. we, we don't even know how many people that they, they would not tell us. Paul Wilson said, yeah. um, we don't talk about these things. Um, and we don't know who they are. We don't know how many there, there are. Uh, we don't know which ones are permanent. We which, don't know which ones are temporary. Um, so this is all very curious. And uh, what was fascinating to me was the rush to Twitter uh, by the, the, the beat writers, <laughs> the Montreal media, this over-the-top praise for these two fellows who are leaving. And okay, I mean, they've been there for a long time and they've done a decent job, but um, they were tyrants. They were not pleasant people to deal with. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, yeah. Frankly. Um, so all of this, this kissing up to to uh, group C8, it, it was almost like, hey, Paul Wilson, notice. <laughs> I'm saying good things about communications <laughs> here. Um, it was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And, and, and but sad, really, um, yeah. in that, that if it affects the coverage, um, this whole new regime, uh, moving out people, centralizing communications, creating more power, um, is, uh, this is, this is going to have a big effect on, on the hockey team. Um, and you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a steady progression, this restructuring, centralization, growth of power. Um, I, I talked about Donald Beauchamp, uh, uh Dominic Seon, Francois Marchand, how about Kevin Gilmore, uh, Mark Waitman, we know about, um, yeah. Yeah. uh, gone, uh, Fred Steer. There's, there's a number of, long-serving uh, Montreal Canadiens employees who have been shuffled right out and in this uh, uh, power grab almost uh, uh, that's going on. And is the pandemic being used as cover, as an excuse for making yeah. moves that would have been made or, anyway? Um, we don't really know. Yeah, that's, that's a, a valid question. And, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was unfortunate to see as, as yeah, we've been talking about this restructuring for some time now, and yeah, it started. Uh, we we touched on it back in the beginning of the year with Mark Waitman, so it, it's continued, and uh, um, yeah, so we'll see how this all progresses going forward with Group CH. Um, but in in shifting gears in, in other news and more positive news, uh, Sportsnet has uh, signed Chris Cuthbert. Um, to be a uh, play-by-play broadcaster for their hockey, uh, their hockey broadcasts, uh, Hockey Night in Canada, be a return for Chris Cuthbert to the program where he spent so much time over the uh, the in, in the past, and of course he brings his recognizable uh, voice and mannerisms, and it's going to be a, a great time. And then yesterday he was on Tim and Sid to discuss the move to Sportsnet at this time. And uh, he said, well, there's six, about six plus years left of hockey rights for Rogers. I added that to my age. And uh, yeah, this was a good time for me to do this. So uh, Chris <laughs> Cuthbert uh, be joining Sportsnet to broadcast hockey games. And I think that that is overall a, a very good thing for Hockey Night in Canada. I think that this has been having a voice like Chris Cuthbert that is so recognizable, has been calling both the NHL and the CFL. Uh, he, tweeted about the CFL because of course uh, we'll not be broadcasting CFL games going forward. And he said, I started covering the CFL when Wally Buono was, a, was still a player uh, 25 great cups later, I'm leaving 
but will always be a CFL fan. I look forward to making a cross Canada football fan trip in the future. So um, yeah, it's, it's bittersweet in that way. If you liked hearing uh, Chris Cuthbert call football games over the summer, but I think that overall, uh, and for the just the overall, we, we sort of touched on the regional broadcast poll in the athletic a little while ago. This this sort of recognizable voice was something that I think that uh, that the Rogers broadcast might have might have needed a little bit. And, and Chris Cuthbert brings that in spades. Uh, of course, we all think of one call when we think of Chris Cuthbert. <laughs> Yeah, that's that goosebumps was, uh, every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his yeah, most uh, famous call, obviously. Um, yeah. And there's your other Sidney Crosby connection. <laughs> yeah, we, we said that Sidney Crosby was going to be coming up a little bit, and he has because, yeah, that is that is the call you think of when you think of Chris Cuthbert and the fact that he will be calling playoff games now, um, Hockey Night in Canada, going back to Hockey Night in Canada, like I said. This is this is uh, this is a good thing for uh, for the game uh, nationally. Yeah, I agree. Um, and uh, it was uh, I loved his his tweet um, where uh, he it was a simple tweet back to future and he took a picture of his yeah. powder yeah. blue hockey night in Canada uh, 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 sports coat and um, and tweeted that and he said that that it probably won't fit but. We forget that, um, you know, it's all the way back to the 2004-05 lockout season where uh, it was kind of, it was a big surprise that Chris Cuthbert was let go from um, Hockey Night in Canada and CBC. And, and uh, so for him to be um, now returning, and I think it's a, it's a really big get for uh, Sportsnet. And uh, uh, with Bob Cole moving on, it, it gives them another uh, well-known, recognized voice alongside of, of Jim Hewson. And uh, that, that stacks up quite nicely uh, when you're looking at two hub cities, you're looking at uh, two different conferences. They now have two recognizable voices uh, in Cuthbert and, and Hewson to, uh, to anchor their, their coverage. And um, yeah. uh, 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 it's a tough loss for, for uh, TSN um, and um, you know, it, it's a, a real opportunity. We, we heard um, uh, Chris Cuthbert do the playoffs uh, on NBC over the past few years, but uh, this is going to be uh, a real opportunity for him to get back in the saddle full time and, and go follow a, a long playoff run and, and um, I'm happy for him and uh, happy for the, uh, for our, the coverage we're going to be getting from it. Absolutely. Lots of, did you see that? Lots of, <laughs> and as uh, I think it was Ray Ferraro said there would be uh, that he'll miss the uh, spilled teas over all of Ray Ferraro's notes because he's just, Chris Cuthbert is that animated apparently. So uh, that'll be uh, that'll be something that uh, brings a lot of excitement to those games. Um, but uh, Rick shifting gears just a little bit, because we, we talked about layoffs in, in group CH, unfortunately um, a difficult day yesterday sports media the athletic and sb nation uh, making layoffs eight percent of the athletic staff received layoff notices um so so unfortunately some some good people lost lost work yesterday 
Yeah, that is, uh, that is unfortunate. Um, you know, um, Sean Gordon on the, on the Montreal side, um, is, is no longer with the athletic and, and, and that's really tough. Um, yeah, I thought he was one of their, uh, their better writers. Um, 46 employees overall, Joe Yurden, I think of, um, yeah. covering Buffalo. Joe's a great, uh, has been a great friend to us and he's a really hard worker and, um, I feel badly for Joe, but, uh, he's got a lot of experience. He's, he's uh, diligent, he's a hard worker and, uh, he's going to, uh, get on his feet. Um, you know, for others, uh, <laughs> there's, um, maybe uh, just desserts, as they say, um, who have uh, not been very good, and and who who have not uh, in 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 the Montreal Canadiens uh, uh, sphere um, have not uh, distinguished themselves. Or, or so um, you know things things happen. And, and let's say um, you know the the athletic came in with a with a really aggressive style. Um, they themselves uh, talked about their their vulture mentality, their vulture strategy, vulture-like stra- predatory strategy uh, in their their beginnings. And um, Alex uh, made the, the, one of the co-founders uh, said, uh, "We will wait every we will wait every local paper out and let them continuously bleed until we are the last one standing." We will suck them dry of their best talent at every moment. We will make business extremely difficult for them. And I know people in the, in the newspaper business and the sports newspaper business that um, were not very happy with the athletic and, and uh, you know, sports reporters who, who, um, uh, you know, lost their job. And, and um, uh, it, it's, it's, it's been a, bit of a double-edged sword uh for the introduction of the athletic uh they've been pretty successful um but they've also benefited uh, not only from this this predatory strategy but from a huge amount of venture capital funding and uh and and much of that was to to uh, attract uh some of the the recognizable names and uh over there i think they've had four um uh, uh fundraising uh, efforts by their venture capitalists uh, and they've raised about $140 million uh, to support this. So it's, it makes it difficult for uh, a lot of others uh, who aren't uh, uh, um, doing that kind of thing that are, that are trying to, to uh, put out an honest product. And uh, so it's, it's, it's a real difficult day, Um, but they're, when they're going around poaching, you know, veteran sports journalists and, and uh, and giving big salaries to them, they were known for for paying uh, pretty well. Uh, when they've made these kind of uh, bold strategic decisions, they in their last um, uh, I think it was in January that that they uh, raised uh, fifty million dollars alone, and that was to go into uh, a lot of uh, their overseas coverage, and they they had kind of targeted soccer and invested heavily in that. And now their their um, North American coverage is suffering, having to uh, to lay off uh, this number of people. It's you know it's a sad day for the uh, for the folks that work there, for the good people that work there. Um, but it's also maybe reflective on the the kind of business strategy that they have. Um, we should also 
acknowledge that Vox, Vox owns uh, SB Nation, yeah. and they also uh, uh, are that kind of company that's that's been a bit aggressive, that's relied on angel funding, and um, and and they are um, uh, furloughing nine percent of their folks. Um, it's it. The other point about the athletic, I thought it was uh, their strategy out of this is to uh, go after uh, sports betting. They said that they're going to be partnering with some sports betting companies. They haven't done much in terms of advertising. They've re- relied on um, on uh, the the angel investors and the subscription base. Um, but with that going down, and one of the things we're doing a podcast. Uh, they said that their their uh, uh, podcast uh, uh, listeners, uh, that whole side, and their revenue from podcasts is absolutely collapsed. Uh, so that's that's unfortunate, um, but um, it's it 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 just paints a picture of of the the overall industry right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's difficult nonetheless. But uh, yeah, the business strategy, as you pointed out. Uh, it, it's 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 very much uh, something that that could have been uh, could have been in the works for quite a while. So who knows? Um, but Rick, shifting gears to something that was a little bit more um, <laughs> well, it grabbed the attention of hockey fans. There's no doubt about that. So uh, what we're going to be talking about is Max Kellerman, uh, host of First Take on ESPN. Um, he had some rather uh, <laughs> inflammatory comments about hockey. And uh, and how it does not necessarily draw in the United States of America, how the rights, uh, the, the TV, uh, uh, excuse me, the TV ratings don't do uh, big numbers like the NBA and the NFL. It went as far to say that it's not one of the major sports in the United States of America. So, Rick, obviously, I don't, I don't want to hurt yeah, feelings, but. In, in the United States of America, no one really cares about hockey. You know, the old joke is every town has 20,000 hockey fans. They all have season tickets. So the arenas are always sold out, but the TV ratings don't do anything. So it's not one of the four major team sports, although it has a strong – I mean, I don't – Yeah. <laughs> so so those, are, those are the exact words of Max Kellerman. Um, so, yeah, that led to some responses uh, from Mike Milbury, the one that I think I'll talk about most. Uh, I'll get to that in just a moment. Claude Giroux saying, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but settle down, Max. Uh, <laughs> EJ Raddick saying, this has been going on since the sports radio generation took hold. Many guys like Max Kellerman only speak to their supposed strengths. Uh, too lazy to put in the time on hockey. Do the work. Uh, and and they've, had, they've had hockey players on there before. I remember... Last year when they were in Toronto for game one of the NBA finals, P.K. Subban had been on there. Uh, they had Evander Kane on fairly recently. So he could have said this at any point, but he said it when he knew that he would not be opposed. But little did he know that social media and there, there would be hockey fans that would come up and say uh, something like uh, Mike Milbury, who says hockey is alive and well. Max, Max Kellerman, the MLB only has a steady viewership because men over the age of 70 use it as a sleep remedy. Uh, people love the sport around the world, something neither the NFL nor the MLB can say. Just ask Charles Barkley about our playoffs. Uh, Paul Bissonette also saying to check out a playoff game. Uh, what I'll say about this is, and, and I, I said that I'll be discussing the Mike Milbury tweet because I, I agreed with most of what <laughs> Milbury said, but because it's Mike Milbury, I, I don't know if I would ever completely agree with something Mike Milbury would said and, and, and feel feel good after it. 
<laughs> but uh, Mike Milbury, I think, was was right when he pointed out that the international aspect of the NHL is where I think that this is this is the conversation. I think that the MLB there's a little bit more than a little bit more international um, uh, people coming out of uh, and playing um, uh, playing baseball internationally than Milbury gives credit for, but. I think that that is that that's the thing here is that the MLB they run unopposed. There's nothing there's nothing else going on in the summer. You just sit back, you watch a baseball game, and I love baseball, and I'll do that all the time. And I've I've told you I miss watching baseball right now because it's it's nice outside. You just want to sit back, relax, watch a uh, watch a Blue Jays game. But that's the thing is that I don't know if it, he says the TV the the ratings don't do anything. Um, it's, it's difficult when, when it runs concurrently with the NFL to a point and the NBA, they run concurrently with the NBA all season. They they are going up against the NBA all season. And the people that are going to be watching the NBA are diehard NBA fans. They wouldn't, you know, maybe they wouldn't watch the, uh, the NHL over the NBA, but that doesn't mean that they don't care about the NHL. And when I went to, I had my eyes open about this when I went to Dallas to Texas for the NHL draft back in 2018. And I saw Arizona Coyotes fan, which, I mean, um, you hear all of the, you know, and he talks about a joke that there's 20,000 uh, NHL fans in a the city. They'll buy up all the tickets, they'll have season seats. Uh, but I mean, in amongst NHL fans, you, you often hear about all oh, Florida and Arizona not being able to draw. But I met an honest to goodness uh, Arizona Coyotes fan, which I didn't, you know, I didn't think I, I would. Um, but those are the things. That's the thing. is I think that if he were exposed to that, as EJ Raddick said, that might change his view of it a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I think overall, I think the NHL community was uh, quite rightly a bit upset with what Max Kellerman had to say. And I think that's the, that's the overall goal of first take and, and, and that sort of content. <laughs> Now, I don't know a lot about Max Kellerman, I'll be honest, but I understand he's a boxing guy. Um, he is a boxing where, guy. Well, where does he put boxing in that in that list? Uh, <laughs> you know, that, is that a fair question? Yeah. Um, and, and yes, obviously people, obviously hockey people had, a, um, you know, had trouble with what he said, um, to put it mildly, uh, but his colleagues also had trouble. And uh, Linda yeah. Cohn uh, said, what do you mean nobody cares about hockey? Very disappointed and surprised you'd make a statement like this. It's insulting to this great game, those associated with it. Cover it and to the passionate fan base here in the United States. And, you know, sometimes um, um, Canadian, not Montreal Canadians, but, but uh, hockey fans in Canada this uh, uh, the 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 um, you know that the, the hockey fans in the states are more casual or not as passionate or yeah. and as you said we kind of really dispelled that um, especially uh, in our our trips to the draft each year and and um, you know we've 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 gone to Florida we've 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 gone to Philadelphia uh, we've gone to Dallas and um, you see the the uh, passionate fans who know everything there is to know about their team and also uh, the NHL. Um, I'll yep. also add uh, that uh, my eyes were opened enormously the first time years ago when I went to uh, a Frozen Four championship. Uh, and, and that whole 
um, NCAA hockey experience and, and, and how the U S hockey U.S. is a hockey country and, and certainly on college campuses, uh, they are they are rabid fans. Um, it's it's a completely different experience than I've ever had in any hockey rink in Canada. Um, so his 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 comments I think stem from ignorance, um, but certainly kind of woke up that conversation. Um, you, you mentioned something about the uh, how how NHL has uh, had to go up against the NBA or. Um, and there's been a lot of talk this week, and maybe we'll, we'll talk uh, about it uh, more next week, but maybe I'll just leave it as an open question to our listeners. Um, there's, been a ta- there's been talk about moving the NHL schedule permanently from December to August. Uh, and how, what do you think about that? What, uh, w- yeah. Maybe next week we'll give uh, our ideas, but uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, about you know that that looks like it's going to have to happen um, this year um, you know next season the 2020 2021 season is going to have to be moved from approximately December to August uh, but there are some owners who would like to see that happen permanently for precisely the reasons that you gave earlier and um, we'd, we'd like to hear your feedback on that Absolutely. And uh, as we always say, we're the Canadians Connection podcast. We'd love to hear uh, from our listeners. So, yes, give us your thoughts. Tweet at Habs Connection on Twitter, at Joela19, at All Habs, uh, whichever one you prefer. And, and yeah, we would love and the All Habs fan page on Facebook as well. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, if you'd like to share your thoughts, I mean, that's, that's certainly a, a valid question going forward. And, yeah, I think that the fact that the NHL has to go up against those two leagues and and the popularity that there is in 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 the united states i think that that is that is certainly a factor in uh in what max kellerman is talking about um and probably the biggest factor so uh owners probably well within their rights to say that it should they should probably look at a, a different option for the schedule but uh rick with that said we'll take a quick break when we come back we're going to be keep our conversation going about media and uh how we and we do things at Rocket Sports Media and all Habs. Uh, and we have an email. Uh, so we'll get to that after a quick break. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. 
Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And we're back uh, here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, before we go any further, Rick, would you uh, would you like to read that uh, that tweet from Jay Baruchel right now? Yeah, let's let's hold that. I'm going to hold that let's until hold that the uh, end. we okay. close out uh, my final thoughts. I think, uh, yeah. which is yeah, it's uh, it's rather poignant. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely do that. But before we get to that tweet, um, so. We have continued on with the bracket challenge. We concluded the forwards bracket. We're going to be starting up with the defensemen. Uh, we figured we would wait until today. We could talk about it, and then we could post out the first poll in that challenge. Um, so we will be we'll be tweeting that out from the at Habs Connection Twitter account, the Canadians Connection Twitter account. Uh, at Habs Connection, we'll be tweeting out the first poll of that bracket, which will be uh, Andre Markov against Roman Hammerlick. So. Keep your eyes out for that. Um, and, yeah, as we said, with the forwards bracket, this has really generated some real interesting conversation. And uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the defenseman bracket just because it is a little bit deeper than the forwards. Uh, the forwards is a little bit top-heavy. You had guys that contributed, um, you know, in, in, in some really big ways. And then you had guys who had a couple of nice seasons near the, the bottom of the rankings. But in the defenseman, you kind of get a wider scope. You get a lot of guys that had, you know, um, successful tenures with the Montreal Canadiens who had big seasons. So uh, we're really looking forward to keeping this bracket challenge going and seeing the types of conversations that uh, these matchups generate. Um, so yeah, Rick, I, I, that, I just uh, want to thank you and, and Mike for all yeah. your work on that. It's uh, it's been a, a lot of fun to uh, to see the results and to to uh, also uh, we appreciate um, the comments on on the matchups. Yeah, absolutely. And as we say all the time, connect with us. We're the Canadians Connection podcast, so we always like to hear feedback. And uh, and yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Rick, before we get to as I mentioned, we would like to read a tweet from Jay Baruchel. Before we get there. Um, we would like to uh, take the time to talk about All Habs and, and Rocket Sports Media. Well, um, we in the last segment, we were talking about uh, the media. Um, and uh, it's, it's, you know, uh, so who are we? And maybe we have some, some uh, uh, new uh, listeners who, who don't know who this Rocket Sports thing is, All Habs Hockey Magazine, uh, the AHL Report, um, Rocket Sports Radio. Um, 
and, and, you know, normally we're pretty shy uh, and, and don't want um, the media to be uh, the story as the way it should be, but because we're talking about media, who are we and why are we different? Well, um, you know, we've been around for, for uh, more than a dozen years. We started in, in 2008. We are fully independent. Rocket Sports is, is fully independent. We don't have venture capitalists uh, chasing money for us. We, we don't have, you know, if, if, uh, if you want to throw us a donation here and there, we can, we can use it and we'll use it well. <laughs> um, but um, we're, we're fully independent. And, and over that period of time, we've worked pretty hard to uh, build a community, community of fans and followers that, that, as we've said, are right around the planet. Um, connections. We talked about the Habs connection. We connect fans, and uh, we want to connect them, connect them with accurate information, with uh, uh, informed opinion, and uh, and and an organization that's run under uh, professional ethics and and uh, trying to always put a professional product out there uh, for you. And in doing that, um, over those dozen years, we've become a, tr- a trusted source. Um, and that's helped us on the other side in, in building our credibility with the hockey community so that we can and have uh, become credentialed journalists. Um, and, and like Joe, like Amy, like Chris, uh, we can credential uh, the, the reporters that, uh, that work for us. Um, we've been really, infor- really fortunate to attract some, some very talented people and that's uh, starting with, a, you know, an Emmy-nominated uh, video reporter producer. Um, we brought in young professionals. We brought in students. We brought in experienced hockey minds um, in kind of a, an academy-like setting to, to use my education experience to develop this talent. Um, and we, we put together training programs, and, and uh, we're very, very proud to say that we've, we've um, out of the hundreds of people that, uh, that have worked for us, uh, and written for us, we've launched the careers, the media careers of, of dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of, of reporters. Um, I'm proud to have f- folks like like Chris and, and and Amy who have been here, been with me side by side um, for a decade, and and um, and folks like yourself, um, Joe, who have <laughs> been um, you know long term and 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 in different capacities with the organizations, um, and and. I guess my thought has always been to we, we associate ourselves with good people um, and then we find out what they can do. And, and there's no better example of that than, than Mike who joined us recently. We met him at the yeah. draft, a terrific person. And um, he, you know, he was, what can I do? How can I help? And, and, <laughs> uh, and, and he's been doing a great job uh, so far. The people that we have, they're they're bright they're loyal they're committed um and and you know because we 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 value independent thought we value initiative uh we honor we we value um a loyalty all of that these bright people um appreciate how we do things differently um now as far as the other organizations listen we fully appreciate uh, and feel the pain uh, given all the uncertainty in, in the industry. And we felt it too. We don't talk yeah. about it, uh, but we, we felt it too. It's hard. It's hard yeah. to uh, continue this uh, and it's expensive to do so. Um, but, you know, we're, we're not going to be uh, chasing venture capital. We're not going to be resorting to clickbait. Um, and, and 
you know, we're, we're only going to retain the people in our organization who are committed to the same goal that we have. If, if you're lazy, if you're a bully, if you're a person who sows division, uh, we're going to move on from you. So um, listen, we just, we just have, 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 are really proud and are really happy with the connections that we've uh, fostered and, and with, with our listeners, uh, with our followers. And uh, we just want to thank you uh, for, for turning up and, and for um, commenting back to us and, and for uh, sharing what we do with your friends and fellow fans. Um, we're, we're, we like what we do. We like who we work with and uh, we like uh, the people that, uh, that follow our content and, and interact with us. We, it, it's just a big, huge thank you. That's incredibly well said. And as you are a hundred percent right, when you say that there is a great team here that is committed, that, that are looking at the same thing, that want the same things. And uh, yeah, and, and absolutely um, a great team environment. Um, uh, yeah. Couldn't have said it better if I tried, <laughs> but, uh, but Rick, uh, I understand before we, before we sign off, uh, there is actually something that's quite interesting with respect to, we've had the conversations about return to play, but you have an email uh, that, that touches on another aspect of this that we will have to think about going forward a little bit. Well, uh, we were told by one of uh, our listeners uh, that they received a survey. Um, and this survey has gone out from the NHL to season ticket holders. And it's being conducted by a pretty powerful uh, survey organization, JB, J.D. Power and Associates. And um, we didn't know um, that the, the NHL was doing this. And, and, and thank you for, uh, for letting us know um, that the NHL is obviously very concerned about um, how fans are going to re- perceive this return to play. Uh, so they're asking questions about, um, are you satisfied with uh, your team um, and their positions on the coronavirus? Are, you know, what, what do you need to, to return to games? Uh, do you need more in terms of, of practical things? Do you need hand sanitizer? Do you need information? Do you need masks? Um, uh, will you only return, like Brian Burke has said, if there's a vaccine? So it's a pretty comprehensive survey from the NHL um, surveying their season ticket holders uh, and prob- well, un- undoubtedly using that information, um, we, we know that they've been modeling uh, having fans in the building, um, maybe through social distancing for some of the rounds, maybe the finals of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And it looks like they're uh, reaching out to fans directly to try and get that information. Yeah, and that's going to be the thing that we have to think about going forward. We talk about the resumption of play as we have the last number of weeks. I, I think that I would have to agree with Brian Burke that, that it will only feel safe and right to return to life as usual with, with going to sports events, live sports events, once there is a vaccine. But yeah, interesting that any, that the NHL is, is reaching out to the ticket season, uh, the season seat holders for this, uh, for this information. Um, but Rick, uh, before we go, uh, as I said, off the top of this segment, you do have a tweet from Jay Baruchel to uh, to read um, on this uh, this very special day, the 76th anniversary of D-Day. Yeah, June 6, 1944. This is the, the 76th anniversary of D-Day. Uh, my brother shared a tweet, and, and it was a, 
um, an image that said all gave some, some gave all. And um, then I noticed this tweet from Jay Baruchel, uh, our friend Jay Baruchel, um, who said, on this day in 1944, thousands of young Canadians waded into a hell of German machine gun fire on Juneau Beach and gained a staggering victory against the Nazi war machine in the process. Um, So reading that and sharing that with you, I'll just ask that uh, you'll take a few minutes today just to think about and honor the heroes and the memories of the greatest generation and uh, be grateful for what they've done. Absolutely. Thinking about those who uh, have made sacrifices for our freedoms and continue to do so. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Rick, uh, we'll say goodbye here on this uh, episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, As always, we will say uh, you can find this podcast as well from the as well as from the press box on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play. Um, well, thank you for tuning into the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, be well, be safe. We'll be back with you next week at 1 p.m. Eastern. That is 2:30 Newfoundland time. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.